to continue our celebration of the presenters of Momentum Fest, I'm joined today by Delia Buckmaster. She is a studio owner based in Montana. And in fact, she has been a studio owner for nearly 20 years. So she she was going to share with us, we just finished recording. She's going to share with us how she grew her business to be a big, big, successful business. And then decided that she actually wanted to have something that was more fulfilling and smaller and more manageable for her. And she's going to share with us today a little bit more about that whole process, along with quite a few other ins and outs of running a studio business. We talk about how to align yourself with your brand, um, how to niche down, and also a little bit about the new opportunity that she is pursuing to, to build and grow her business next. Listen in. It's a fantastic conversation. I know you're going to enjoy it. Well, hi there. I'm Sarah Glanfield. I'm a business and marketing strategist just for boutique fitness studio owners like you. If you're ready to be inspired and make a bigger impact, you're in the right place. All you need are a few key strategies, the right mindset, and some support along the way. Join me as I share the real-life insights that will help you grow a sustainable and profitable studio. This is the Pilates Business Podcast. Welcome back to the Pilates Business Podcast. I'm Saran, and I'm thrilled that you're here with me today. I'm super, super excited because we are joined by another Momentum Fest presenter, Um, We are here with Delia Buckmaster today. She is a Pilates teacher and studio owner in Montana. She's actually been teaching for nearly 20 years and she was one, um, she was the first or one of the first to introduce uh, boutique fitness programs to Northwest Montana ahead of those big city trends that we are, we are all very familiar with right now. She's also a um, international presenter. She's a nationally certified Pilates teacher and a balanced body master trainer amongst many other um, programs and solid certifications that she's been through. Welcome. Uh, welcome, Delia. We're glad to have you here today. Thanks for having me. It's always uh, interesting to hear somebody um, talk about all the things I've done. I, I forget and I need the reminder. <laughs> I know. We just, when nice. you're so in it, good. you forget I, about all the things. Okay. Yeah, I did pretty good. Yeah. You do good. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So you've been in the industry for a long time. Yes. So what, I'd love to hear a little more about how you got started, how you discovered Pilates, um, and kind of how you're, you've come to be um, in the position that you're in today. Well, um, you know, it's not, it's not some wonderful story how I got into Pilates and I've told the story before and it's comical, but, um, I, it was before I got pregnant with my first, she's almost 21 now, but I started to do Pilates because I saw that Madonna was doing it. (laughs) So that is really, that's (laughs) the story. I was like, Oh, Madonna is doing it. Um, so I should try it. And there was a local, uh, yoga studio with the Pilates instructor. And, um, and that was my first experience with Pilates. It was on the mat and I actually did not like it at first at, at all. Um, I didn't know how to do it. I was frustrated. I didn't really do mind body. I did yoga. That was my first introduction to that sort of workout. Um, and, um, but I was challenged by Pilates and I was, I was almost curious as to why I didn't like it. That brought me 
back to it. I did take a little bit of a break during my pregnancy and then went full bore um, after uh, the baby. And then, um, and then somebody, the instructor that was teaching the Pilates to me said, you're really good at this. You should teach it. And that pretty much was it. Amazing. And so how did your teacher training work at that time? Were you, cause you weren't in a big city where there was a, an abundance of teacher training programs, presumably. No, as a matter of fact, um, one of the f- a few trainings that were available to me was Stop Pilates and they're ca- Canadian based companies. So I'm only an hour from the border of Canada. So, uh, there was an influence there because people could go from here and drive up to Calgary and take a course. Um, so, uh, we were, there was a host facility, um, that was teaching a mat, mat one or the mat course for Stott. And it happened to be canceled because, uh, there wasn't enough, um, people registered for it. So I immediately, uh, ended up in Portland, Oregon at the, their training facility there. And then, um, then I went from there. And then but the funny part is, is I figured it was the same price for me to fly to Oregon as it was to fly to LA. So I, I thought, well, I'll just do this in LA <laughs> instead, which was great because John Gary, um, John Gary Pilates ended up being my mentor for most of that journey. So, wow, that's cool. Very cool. And so you started teaching, um, presumably shortly after that. And how long was it before you had your own studio? So I, um, I got pregnant again <laughs> after a couple of years. Yes. So um, these things I, happen. <laughs> yeah, these things happen. It was it's great. Uh, I opened a studio in two thousand five. So I would say my journey my journey started in two uh, two thousand and two for um, the education, and then I had a studio in two thousand and five. I was pregnant with my second. Yeah. And that's, you know, that was, that's, that was early days. And so the way was that when you opened your first studio in Montana? I opened my first studio in Montana. There was a, we didn't have any really big gyms here. And, uh, I mean, there has been a, a couple, but it was a, it's a small community. Whitefish is a ski town. So the first big community center gym was opening and they were looking for ways to fill some of their space. And I got a call and someone said, I heard your Pilates instructor are becoming one would you like to take up this 500 square feet? And I said, sure. And it pretty, that was it. It, There was no, there was no business plan. There was no intention. It was more like, well, do you, do you want to open up a studio? And I thought, well, that sounds cool. And (laughs) so I did, I bought um, one piece of all the equipment, um, the Cadillac chair barrel um, and reformer and and the little pieces of equipment and opened up a little studio and I called it exhale Pilates studio in whitefish. Awesome. And that was in 2005. And so you've, you know, now we're in 2022. So 17 years later, and what does your business look like today? Cause I don't think you're still in 500 square feet <laughs> with one piece of no, equipment. <laughs> no. well, it's, I can do it in 500 square feet now, but I, <laughs> it, I went full circle. Um, I, I developed uh, a big ego and started to go into larger and larger spaces um, and wanting to add more and more modalities to the business. Uh, for example, TRX and bar classes, um, rowing classes, HIT classes, even brought in yoga instructors. Um, I had over 3,000 square feet. Um, it 
there was, you know, 15 instructors, I think about, and there was, it just, it got, it got to the point where it almost, it almost broke me emotionally and financially. And so, um, I just had this epiphany four years ago and I thought, well, what is exhale Pilates? Who is, who is exhale Pilates? It could be anybody. And I really thought it was important for me to reset myself back to being what I really wanted to be. And that was a Pilates teacher. And then bringing some awareness to who I am as a brand so that people recognize me as a Pilates instructor and not just a studio gym owner. And so I switched it all to Delia Pilates. And uh, that was a hard switch. I mean, I did go, I mean, I actually even talked to John Gary and I said, is it weird having your name on the door? And he said, no. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, it's not. Just do it. And I said, okay. So I did. And I've had a lot of people since come up to me and say, I wish I had named my studio my name. So, yeah, because then it, it, it's the world so big and there's so many Pilates instructors out there. And how do you set yourself apart? And, you know, my intention wasn't to, to, to have a, a franchise per se. So why not have it just be me? Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's quite common. Um, you know, I think it's very easy to sort of get some somewhat swept, not to say this is what happened to you necessarily, but you can, you can get swept up in, in it, in it quite a bit and, and lose your sense of really purpose and what you're really looking to do when you build, when you start your own business. And for many, and, and, you know, you tell me if this was true for you, but for many, you know, you start your own business because you want to have, um, you want to work with your clients in a particular way, or you want to give them a particular experience and you want to be able to control what that looks like. Um, and you want to be able to, to drive the bus. Right. And it, it, it can be, it can be easy to sort of lose track of that once you get, once you get going and there's momentum in your business. Um, and when you find yourself in a place where you're not fulfilled by your business any longer, then it's, that's kind of, that's a good time to sort of perhaps hit that reset button, like you said, and, uh, and realign with what it is that you really want to get out of your business. And yes, you want to have income and you want to be able to teach, but what else, what else is there? And, and and that's really an important element of, of owning your own business because you get to design that really you are, and you can design that you can make it what you want to make it. You can. And, and, and it's not, it's like what I tell, um, clients in class, you know, I put them in position and I'll say, you're not in concrete. So if you're not comfortable where you're sitting, standing, kneeling, you know, or lying down, then move your body and continue the repetitions. You know, there's, it's, it's, it's your starting position is the same in Pilates as it is in business. It doesn't have to stay at that start position. And so I, it, I think getting older obviously has helped because you look at things a lot differently, raising children changes, you know, how you, your perspective on life, um, you know, things like the pandemic change will, you know, force you into making changes, decisions, mental breakdowns, whatever, you know, happened to, to you. But, um, you know, there was, I was never more grateful than when I, I, my studio was small and and the pandemic came and I was like, okay, I can handle this because I am driving this bus. I am in control. Had I been in that larger space, I probably would have lost everything. Um, so yeah, you know, you just kind of, it's okay to reinvent yourself. I'm actually reinventing myself again. <laughs> so yes. Um, Tell continue. us about that. I'm excited to hear more about this. 
Um, well, it's not really a reinvention, I guess. Um, I've, I've been wanting to do this for a really long time. Montana has become um, a mainstream uh, word now since the internet has exposed its beauty. Um, and so I, I'm in love with Montana. I'm in love, um, not to, not to encourage any more people to move here. <laughs> I, I, I like, I like I, I've, I've stopped tagging visit Montana. Cause I think everyone right, right. <laughs> stay where you uh, are, everybody <laughs> visit if you'd like, but don't move. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really love, uh, I, I love the mountains of Montana. There's something about it. Um, you know, I had one woman say to me once we were talking about, uh, California and, and the ocean. And, and, um, she lives in the mountains, but visits her family in, in California. And she said, I said, how was your trip? And she said, it was great. She said, but you know, I stared at the ocean for a really long time off my parents' porch, which for some people I'd be like, oh, you poor thing. But she said, it's, I'm just not grounded when I look at water. And I, and it was one, one of the most amazing things to hear because I didn't really know why I love the mountains. And I like the ocean. I lived in Florida and I lived in New York City. And I like to visit the ocean when I want to go on vacation and someone serves me a margarita. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't feel grounded. And the dirt underneath my feet makes me feel grounded. The hikes, um, what my eyes see in front of me and the beauty. And so I thought, well, how do I, how do I share that and share Pilates at the same time? Um, and people would say when I'd meet them at conferences, they're like, oh, you're the Montana girl. And it was over and over again. Oh, you're the girl that likes to hike or you're the because I put it on my Instagram. And it's a small, very small, tiny, tiny group of people that say that to me. It's not like I'm out there. But um, I thought, gosh, I, I guess that's almost as though people set my new intentions for me. And I'm like, oh. I guess I am resonating with people and people see me as this. Maybe that's who I am. It is who I am. You know, you kind of self-talk. Um, and so I just wanted to bring it all together. So fast forward, I bought the domain MontanaPilatesRetreat.com. And with no other intention at first to just go, okay, I'm going to do a retreat. And then I started to um, put that retreat together, which is October 8th of this year. There's still space, by the way. And um and then I thought, why does it have to be one retreat? So now I've hired a brand and marketing company and I'm going to brand that website. And I hope that this website or this brand will help to inspire people to really embrace the outdoors and also set intentions for their practice. So for me, Pilates is, why do I do Pilates? I do Pilates because I want to be able to go places that cars can't go with my body. And that is that is it. Whether it's on my bike, whether it's on my feet, whether it's on a raft or a paddleboard, just places cars don't go. And that, honestly, I went from wanting Pilates so I can have Madonna's abs to I, I literally do Pilates for the longevity of all the other things that I love to do that are outdoors. And so that is who I am now. And I, don't, I think this is who I am meant to be. So um, who is the um, retreat for? Is it for teachers or is it for anyone? How do you? It's for anyone. I, I have both teachers um, that I've met through conferences and then also um, just enthusiasts and also people looking for an excuse to come to Montana. And it is a more cost effective way because you're coming in and, and you're, it's all inclusive. And, um, you know, you have days on either end that you can 
can see the see the town or the valley or the state or the park or whatever your goals are when you're here. It's for anybody. It's for people that maybe don't know if they like the outdoors and they want to try it out. So, yeah. yeah. Sounds amazing. I'm super mm-hmm. excited for that because that sounds like something I would like to try. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big outdoors person, big outdoors person too. And, and you know, I think what you said earlier about, you know, you, you, you using Pilates as a way just to really be able to continue to access all of those um, things that you love to do outside and, and hike and, and climb and all of those things that you, that, that, that is why you do Pilates. And I think that you've been able to sort of discover that over the years. Right. And sometimes when we're, we're working with, um, when we're, we're marketing our businesses, our studios, and we're marketing, when we're marketing our studios, we're marketing both ourselves, but also the method we're teaching, right. It can be hard to, for people to, to share that with folks. And it sounds like you've managed to, um, you kind of, you're creating that, that messaging in and of itself for your retreats and saying, let's come and do everything together. Yeah. Do everything together. But I think advice to anybody that's an instructor or teacher of any kind of movement or studio owner or online presenter or whatever it may be is really just being authentic and being who you are and being yourself. Um, I think a lot of the stress and the ups and downs of owning a business is trying to um, attract clients that aren't your clients. It's trying to do things um, that uh, you're doing it based purely on competition or pressure when it's not who you are. So, and it took a lot of money and a lot of time to realize that that's not the way it works. Um, And that if you are authentic to yourself and what you're doing, you will attract your kind. I mean, there's several studios in this valley, um, but I'm going to attract the people that resonate with me. I'm going to attract the people that are comfortable uh, with me. And I do like, if you look at my clientele and the studio clientele, it, it is the part of this Valley that is more similar to me. And then you'll go to another studio and it's that person attracts another person. Um, so I think that that's the biggest, the best advice I could give somebody is just don't. And with the internet out there, it's so easy to try to copy and mimic, you know, other instructors. And it's, I just, it's, it's almost kind of a bummer. It really is a hundred percent. And I, I think it's, it's, it's also, even if you are not intentionally trying to copy when you see other people who potentially are, you know, and not necessarily even your direct competition, but other studio owners or other businesses online, you're, you're watching, right. And you are probably to some degree comparing, which is, we know is unhealthy, but it's just, it is kind of the nature of what happens when you are scrolling. Right. And if you don't have a true sense of who you are and what you want for yourself and your business, then I think the tendency to get swept up in that sort of com- what I call comparisonitis um, ends, is, 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 more, is far more likely. And you end up kind of spinning your wheels versus building a business that you truly love, that serves you and that serves the people that you really want to work with. So it's kind of important to keep coming back to those core values of what your, your, um, what you want to achieve for yourself and for your clients, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's some intentions that people have are to make just a ton of money. And if that's the case, then yes, you're just going to have to market yourself and, and, and have clients in there that aren't necessarily clients you want, but that doesn't matter to you. Um, but my, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that money isn't important. It's my only job. 
So yeah, you want to try to you maximize your profit when you're <laughs> when you own right. own a business. Oh, I yeah. don't have another stream of income. All my income comes from Pilates in one way or another. So yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, it's about the balance, right? Right. The balance. Um, but I think it's very hard to market your business if you're not feeling, if it's not really what you want to be doing, right? Like I have a very hard time with that, the, that if you are not getting fulfillment from what you're doing, then that energy shows up as well. You know, when you're teaching and in the studio, when you're working with your clients. So it's important that it all is alignment. Oh yeah. 100%. I mean, there's things in my business that I can never get done and it's a pain for me because I don't, not into it. I don't love it. I, I mean, I don't love to, I don't love to manage a business. It's not, I do it, but I'm more, um, of a entrepreneurial brain and more of a like artistic brain. So all of the, the, all of the managerial stuff for me is, it's not, it's, I have to hire that. I have to hire that out or I'll go crazy. Right. Yes. <laughs> delegate, 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 delegate. Yeah. 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 So you, um, I want to go back to something you told us about earlier. You have built a business from scratch. You grew it big and then you decided to sort of really niche down and focus on the one kind of thing that you really, really enjoyed, um, teaching and being in the world that you enjoyed kind of being a part of. Can you tell me a little bit more about what happened in that period of time where you decided to do that? Because that's a big shift, you know, that, that's not, you, you can't, we, we kind of, jumped over it, but I want to come back to it because when you, to make that kind of, um, adjustment in your business and your life is a huge change of direction and takes, I would imagine takes quite a lot of sort of, um, um, deep kind of work to make, to, to feel confident in yourself that going from a very large space to taking it back to, you know, what may be considered a a smaller space, but it's realistically just a different business, frankly, probably is, is, you know, is something that I think a lot, it would be hard for a lot of people. So tell me a little bit more about how that all kind of happened. Well, you know, um, it's, uh, it was hard. It was hard for several reasons. One, it was my accountant telling me to do it. (laughs) So he was like, um, you might want to either charge more or think about scaling down. Um, and, um, so that was the first of it, but you know, still you kind of think, no, it'll work out. It'll work out. Um, but I started to care less and less about certain things in the studio. And that was kind of a red flag. You know, you just kind of go, well, if something goes wrong in this department, I don't care. Um, you're starting to lose a connection with your staff, with your, with who you are, with your classes, with your clients, you know, you're repeating playlists and programming. And, um, so it was, you know, you you fall flat for lack of a better expression. Um, but it was, it was hard in a small town because some people's immediate reaction was, oh, Delia must be closing because she's not doing well, or she's the business is failing or to, and I was, it, I had to work so hard mentally to tell myself I wasn't failing because I was choosing to do this. So I was choosing to scale down and, um, I just truly believe, especially in a small market like mine, or just in general in life, it's not always good to be the Jack of all. It's better to be a master of one, whatever it may be. It could be literally, um, organizing shelves in a closet and that's your thing. And, you know, and, um, I knew that if I focused on one thing, 
then I could be better at that. And so I just, I jumped ship and, um, I jumped ship, but I jumped it very organized. Of course, you know, my lease was over. I found another space. Um, and then when you, this close, wasn't like an overnight decision. <laughs> no, oh my God, it was a, it was yeah. a two year decision. It took two, two year decision from the moment the accountant's like, you need to look at your numbers all the way to where I told my landlord, I'm not resigning that lease. It was two years. And, um, so it's, but it is, you don't have to be everything. And some people love it. Some people like, you know, it's like the get got off on it. Like, oh my God, I'm juggling all these different departments and things and people. And I love it or whatever. That's them. That is not me. My anxiety levels were like out the roof. Um, and so, and I, and I told you earlier, um, when we were, um, offline that, um, someone approached me a few years ago and said, oh, I read all, I read all of your, um, credentials and I didn't know that you had all these Pilates accolades and you were this instructor. I thought you were just a, a fitness instructor. And it wasn't like there was anything wrong with being a fitness instructor, but that's not where I invested all my money and my time and my passion and my sacrifices and leaving my kid to go to LA to go finish these courses and coming back and studying for these exams with flashcards. And, you know, so I thought, well, that's not who I am. And so that was, that was a big, a big moment for me where I thought, well, who are you, Delia? Like, are you a fitness instructor and, and doing all these things? Cause if you are, then do it better. And if you're not go back to what you, you are good at doing and where you could make an impact in the industry and where people will remember who you are um, and what you've done. So there, that's how it worked. And so I'm, but also from a business standpoint, you can't take, I'm exhale Pilates here and I offer six different things. You move locations, cl- you know, close your doors, scale down. People are going to expect what exhale Pilates offered. So I did have to sort of change the name, even though I wanted to go to my name and brand myself. It was important that people realize, oh, that part is closed. It's a definite door closed. Another one opened. And plus I didn't have any. I mean, I don't have any emotional attachment to the word exhale, <laughs> even though I use it every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're able to build you know, a brand that's really yours, right? I mean, there is, a, I have to say, you know, I, there is a lot of exhale Pilates out there. So there's not so many Delia Pilates out there. So you're, you know, the ability for you to really stand out just with the name itself is there. And, and like you said, when you, when you close the door to one business and, and, and really open a new business, which is sort of, you know, that's what you, that's essentially what you did, right. And rebranded and built and have a new kind of way of doing things, then it's smart to rebrand and rename that way. And I think that, you know, you, since then it's, you know, it seems like you're, you've found the flow in your business and you've, your business has been able to grow and to be what it is today. There's a point where you're now looking for, okay, what's the next thing, you know, and you're looking at, and, and, and looking at other opportunities with the retreats and so on. So congratulations. I'm, I, it's fantastic that you took that. And I, I just, I want to say there was, um, I don't know if you ever, did you ever read the book, the one thing? No. I have it. No, it, so it, I only mention it because that is exactly what the book, there's, there's a book and it's all about just like, just do one thing, just do one thing. Like oh, don't try to do everything to everyone, fun. just do one thing. And it's such a, it's such a great book because it really reminds you of like, yeah, we want to, we think that by not doing 
everything. We're missing out on stuff, but what we're actually doing is not doing anything well, which is just me, not really fulfilling at all. So, um, the one thing is a good book. If you're, if anyone is listening and, 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 uh, and kind of feeling that they are trying to juggle and do a lot of different things for sure. Well, I definitely have to put wonderful. That one up. <laughs> yeah, right. Add it to the list, right? <laughs> add it to the list of books that sit on my bedside that I have bookmarks in that I've gotten only to chapter four. So yeah, yep. a ton. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Yep, yeah, I know. And then I buy the audio version and then I listen to the first three chapters of that. And then <laughs> totally. it's all good. It's it's all good. Oh, Delia. Well, this was so wonderful. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today and um, tell us a little bit more about what you'll be focused on at Momentum Fest, which is coming up very soon. It's right around the corner. Um, what, will, what will you be? I know you're presenting. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be sharing? Well, I'm, I'm teaching one style of math class. It's called Pilates Burn. Um, and basically it's just a slow burn class and taking, um, taking exercises that, um, you know, you've done before and creating them, putting them in certain levels over a period of an hour to where it's kind of a slow intention of the exercises. And I mean, just the title says slow burn, it's not going to be quick. Um, and it really helps you focus on the body movement itself and why you're doing what you're doing without actually explaining it like a workshop. So the class will just move. And then of course I'll be teaching chair and reformer classes. And then I'll be also on a panel, um, with some of the other instructors that are there. So, um, I'm excited about it. This will be my fourth momentum fest. I was present for the first two, and then we had a hiccup and I was online um, or is this my third, fourth? I can't remember now. This will be my fourth. Yeah. Amazing. My fourth, my fourth momentum festival. It's such a great event and bringing everyone together just to move and enjoy movement. It's such a wonderful, wonderful thing to do after, you know, you know, period where we haven't been able to do that quite as much. So I, it's going to be, uh, a, such a fun, such a fun time, such a fun time. It will be. And there'll be a lot of people that haven't done this. I've had a couple of events since uh, 2020 and there are people that haven't. And I know that they're really excited. And and Jessica has done such a wonderful job um, to keep, I mean, no pun intended, the momentum flowing um, and getting us to this point where we can gather freely again. So I'm really appreciative of her. I'm really appreciative. She was the first person to give me an opportunity to present on stage. Um, and up till then, I've only had done small, small pres- presenting and she gave me a platform and, and we'll always be grateful to her for that. Yeah, we are big, big super fans of Jessica over here. Um, <laughs> she is the founder of, of Momentum Fest. So we will catch you there, Delia. Thank you so much for, for sharing with us today, for, for being so open and for taking the time to chat. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Nice to meet you. Did you love this episode and want more? Head to spring3.com and check out my free resources that will help you run a profitable and fulfilling studio business. And before you go, one last reminder, there is no one way to do what you do, only your way. So whatever it is that you want to do, create or offer, you've got this. Thanks again for joining me today and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you.